Welcome to the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, a primitive Baptist ministry declaring the good news of the finished work of salvation by grace alone. This program is brought to you weekly by Elder Joe Nettles, pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Caledonia, Mississippi, and Elder David Wise, pastor of Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church in Ackerman, Mississippi. Stay tuned for today's message. Good day to you, my listening friend. Thank you for joining us here at the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast. I'm Elder Joe Nettles. I'm the pastor of Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church located at 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, just outside of Caledonia in the Bartahatchee community. We meet at 1030 a.m. every Sunday morning. We'd love to have you. We also partner in this ministry with Elder David Wise and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church located just north of Ackerman, Mississippi, right on Highway 15 at 11 Staten Road, Ackerman, Mississippi. They also meet 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning. We also welcome you to visit Clear Springs Primitive Baptist Church in Mabin, Mississippi, located on 55 Tahoe Road, Mabin, Mississippi. They meet at 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning as well. We have a joint fellowship meeting every Wednesday evening in Starkville, Mississippi, on the grounds of New Covenant Church, located at 200 West Garrett Road, Starkville, Mississippi, 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening. If you would like to join us via live stream, you can go to the Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church Facebook page, hit like, activate the notifications, and join us whenever we live stream, either 10.30 a.m. every Sunday morning or 6 p.m. every Wednesday evening. Today, we have an installment for you on a message simply titled, Fear Not. And we hope and pray that it's edifying blessing to you. And uh, right after today's hymn, we'll be right back with the message. No matter how dark the night, or bitter the winds that blow, one touch of the Master's gentle hand, and I am ready to go. Till safely at home I 
Thank you so much for staying tuned with us here at the Gospel of Grace Radio Broadcast. Again, I'm Joe Nettles. I'm turned in my 1611 King James translation to 2 Chronicles chapter 20. And I think this would be a wonderful text to read to try to set up our chosen subject for the day. In 2 Chronicles chapter 20, in the context of which is King Jehoshaphat's reign over Judah. And in the days of King Jehoshaphat, they were uh, affronted by the Ammonites, the Moabites, and the inhabitants of Mount Seir. So this was a pretty fierce uh, confederation of forces against them. Well, Jehoshaphat did as he should have. He went and he prayed unto the Lord. He laid his case before the Lord, and the Lord gave him instruction in what to do. And uh, the people followed him, and we're going to find that there was great victory uh, at the resolution of this. But here we read in Second Chronicles chapter 20, beginning in verse 15, is the admonition that was delivered to the people by Jehoshaphat. And he said, Hearken ye all Judah and ye inhabitants of Jerusalem, and thou King Jehoshaphat. Thus saith the Lord unto you, Be not afraid nor dismayed by reason of this great multitude, for the battle is not yours, but God's. Tomorrow ye go down against them. Behold, they come up by the cliff of Ziz, and ye shall find them at the end of the brook before the wilderness of Jeruel. Ye shall not need to fight in this battle. Set yourselves, stand ye still, and see the salvation of the Lord with you, O Judah and Jerusalem. Fear not, nor be dismayed. Tomorrow go out against them, for the Lord will be with you. The Lord told them to fear not, nor be dismayed. In spite of the overwhelming numbers and the overwhelming ferocity of their adversaries, the Lord gave them instruction to know that he had everything under control for his covenant people. And he told them, fear not, nor be dismayed. Today, I'd like to look at the subject of fear not. Now, there's very much to be said about not fearing the things of man and the things of this world as believers in the Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. But we see a lot of scenarios laid forth in the Word of God, just like the one we read from Second Chronicles chapter 20, that would very often rattle us to our core. These are very frightful situations. Uh, they are laden uh, with, with terrible potential consequences. And we face these things from time to time in our lives. And we need to remember that we have a Lord who never changes. He's immutable and he always loves us. And he's always covenanted himself unto us to help us and to provide for us. And ultimately he will save us, believer in Jesus Christ. First scenario, we'd like to go to Matthew chapter 28. Matthew chapter 28, verse 2. And behold, there was a great earthquake, for the angel of the Lord descended from heaven 
and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat upon it. As you know, the context here is at the borrowed tomb of the Lord Jesus Christ after he'd been crucified and laid in that tomb. Continuing in verse 3, His countenance was like lightning and his raiment white as snow. And for fear of him, the keepers did shake and became as dead men. And the angel answered and said unto the women, Fear not ye, for I know that ye seek Jesus which was crucified. He is not here, for he is risen. As he said, come, see the place where the Lord lay, and go quickly, and tell his disciples that he is risen from the dead. And behold, he goeth before you into Galilee. There shall ye see him. Lo, I have told you. Now, anytime that someone is faced with an angelic being sent from the Lord, we see throughout scripture that it is a very frightful, fearful episode. It's not at all like is portrayed in the movies or on television so oftentimes. You are here facing the messenger of the Most High God and with their gleaming power uh, and their countenance, it strikes us to our knees and to fall upon our faces and give honor and glory to the Lord who would send such a being unto us. And here, this is what we see happening at this borrowed tomb, a great message of victory. He is risen. Come see the place where the Lord lay, has been delivered unto them. So in the midst of being faced with this dreadful being, this angelic being, here we see a message of comfort that will allay our fears. Come see the place where the Lord lay. And today, believer in Jesus Christ, I want you to, in your mind, through the word of God, I want you to come and see the place where the Lord lay, because that will take away your fear, child of God. For one thing we know, looking at the place where the Lord lay, is that he was no longer in the tomb. And that teaches us by the word of God that he was the son of God, all man, but yet also all God. Oh, such a great mystery, but a joy to believe. We see in Psalm 16, verses 9 through 10, there was a great prophecy that I hope would have come to their minds regarding the Son of God no longer being in this tomb that would have allayed their fears. In Psalm 16, verse 9, Therefore my heart is glad and my glory rejoiceth. My flesh also shall rest in hope, for thou wilt not leave my soul in hell, neither wilt thou suffer thine holy one to see corruption. In my King James translation, holy one is capitalized. Now, certainly we know from the uh, preaching in the New Testament, the teaching of the New Testament, that this is specifically referring to the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, that he that would not see corruption is identified as the holy one, the anointed one, the Messiah. Notice, my friends, because he was not in the tomb, and you today in your mind's eye, you look and you see that empty tomb, where the grave clothes were folded, the napkin was laid. You're going to see that it's empty, void of the presence of the Lord and Savior Jesus Christ because he is risen from that tomb and that should allay your fears today as a believer in Jesus Christ because you know that he came up out of that tomb because every single one for whom he came to die is now just before the bar of divine justice. In other words, they have received justification eternally before God the Father and hell will not be their abode. Oh, look in Romans chapter 4, verse 24. But for us also, to whom it shall be imputed, if we believe on him that raised up Jesus our Lord from the dead. Now, believing in Jesus, here he says, this belief 
Something is imputed to us. It's a confidence. It's a justification by faith of a greater justification that has taken place before God the Father. And he spells that out in the next verse, verse 25. Who was delivered for our offenses. That means because of our offenses and was raised again for, that means because of, our justification. You see, if everyone whom Jesus came to justify before the Father was not fully justified before the Father, then Jesus is not God, and he was not worthy to be raised from the tomb, but yet we worship our Lord who is seated at the right hand on high. He does not inhabit an earthly tomb, therefore we can fear not. Notice the words in Hosea chapter 6, verses 1 through 3. Come and let us return unto the Lord, for he hath torn and he will heal us. He hath smitten and he will bind us up. After two days will he revive us. In the third day he will raise us up. That is an allusion to the resurrection of Jesus from the dead who lay in a borrowed tomb. Three days and three nights. After two days will he revive us. Yes, two days did transpire, but it was fully after three days In the third day, he will raise us up and we shall live in his sight. Oh, such a wonderful prophecy of old. Notice in verse three of Hosea chapter six, then shall we know if we follow on to know the Lord, his going forth is prepared as the morning and he shall come unto us as the rain, as the latter and former rain unto the earth. Take heart, child of God. Take heart, don't fear the things of this earth, because there is one who transcends space and time, who is able to inhabit all of eternity, who, if you're a believer in him, it's an evidence that he has loved you with an everlasting love and that he will come and carry you home in spite of your weaknesses, in spite of your fears. Now go with me to Luke chapter one. In Luke chapter one, we're going to read the account of Zechariah, and Elizabeth, the parents of John the Baptist. Luke chapter one, verse 12. And when Zechariah saw him, here again, an angelic being, troublesome, dreadful, fearful, he was troubled and rightly so, and fear fell upon him. But the angel said unto him, fear not, Zechariah, for thy prayer is heard. And thy wife Elizabeth shall bear thee a son, and thou shalt call his name John. Oh, just the acclamation, the proclamation, excuse me, that thy prayer is heard. Oh, can that not allay our fears? But then we go down to verse 18 and we read, And Zechariah said unto the angel, Whereby shall I know this? For I'm an old man and my wife well stricken in years. Now, this was not asked for information. This was asked as a rhetorical question. He firmly felt like he and himself understood the answer was there's no way this could happen. We're going to see that Zechariah was actually doubting the power of the Lord to whom he and his wife Elizabeth had been earnestly praying all this time that he would deliver them of a child. And now the proclamation has come that he will have this child and now he is filled with doubts and fears. And I'm here to tell you this before this angel of the Lord. Friends, an angel is of great power and can be of great wrath. One slew 185,000 Assyrians in one night without even uh, stirring the air, so to speak. This should be a very fearful thing for John. uh, I'm sorry, for uh, Zechariah to realize that he is facing in full doubt of the proclamation of the Lord uh, by the mouth of this uh, wonderful, powerful servant. 
And the angel answering said unto him, I am Gabriel, that stand in the presence of God, and am sent to speak unto thee, and to show thee these glad tidings. And behold, thou shalt be dumb. And that's a biblical way of saying you'll be mute, unable to speak. Thou shalt be dumb and not able to speak until the day that these things shall be performed, because thou believest not my words, which shall be fulfilled in their season. Now, I'll tell you, God was not at all taken by surprise of the doubtfulness, the doubtful spirit of Zechariah's here. God knows all things. Nothing surprises him. Nothing is new information to the Lord. But I want you to see his mercy here, that even realizing and knowing what the response of Zechariah's was going to be. Uh, I'm here to tell you, Zechariah's received great mercy, tender mercy of the Lord, even though he was made mute until the child was born. This judgment of a sort came down upon him, yet God was very merciful and tender to him. God knows our frame and is merciful far above and beyond anything that we deserve because we deserve nothing more than eternal perdition and utter destruction for our sinfulness. But yet God in his mercy, who sent his only begotten son into this world to bleed and die for us, will always be merciful unto his elect. Notice in James chapter one, verse six through seven, the problem Zechariah had was he was not asking in faith or maybe he had asked in faith and his faith did not endure because he was fully doubtful that the Lord would bring forward such a great blessing for which they had prayed so long. And James one, six through seven, it says of those who pray, but let him ask in faith, nothing wavering for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea driven with the wind and tossed. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything of the Lord. And Peter, though, we're told this, humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, that he may exalt you in due time, casting all your care upon him, for he careth for you. And friends, we see here, even those times when we don't lay all of our care at the feet of the Lord. Uh, the Lord still blesses and exalts his children because he's a sovereign, merciful, and gracious Lord. Now, go to Luke chapter 1. Luke chapter 1. Here, the angel is now visiting Mary, giving her some news she never, ever expected to receive. In fact, giving her some news that no one had ever received in all of history. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. And the angel said unto her, Fear not, Mary. Fear not, Mary, for thou hast found favor with God, and behold, thou shalt conceive in thy womb and bring forth a son, and shalt call his name Jesus. Down in verse 34, it says, Then said Mary unto the angel, How shall this be, seeing I know not a man? Now, why is she able to ask this question and not come under judgment? But Zacharias was, because the questions were asked in two different frames of mind. Zacharias's was asked in doubt, and God knows the motives of our heart. Mary's was asked, earnestly desiring to gain knowledge. Then said Mary unto the angel, how shall this be, seeing I know not a man? And the angel answered and said unto her, the Holy Ghost shall come upon thee, and the power of the highest shall overshadow thee. Therefore also that holy thing which shall be born of thee shall be called the Son of God. Notice all the fearful factors facing this young virgin at this time. First, it was fearful for her to see an angel. 
just again, because of what we've stated before, this was a fearful scenario in and of itself. But the message the angel delivered to her was doubly fearful. Here she is, an unmarried woman. Now, in spite of all the challenges you face, I want you to know, just as Mary could trust in that day, when this unmarried virgin was faced with a fearful angel and was told that she was to conceive of the Holy Ghost, not of man, not being yet uh, married. At this time, she was betrothed to Joseph. In spite of all the challenges she faced, here the message of the Lord was to fear not anyway. Notice all these daunting factors. She had to face Joseph. Joseph was a good man. Obviously, he was a good man because when the angel came to visit Joseph in Matthew one twenty one, Joseph was troubled in spirit, considering the possibility of having to put her away by giving her a writing of divorcement. So Joseph was a tender man, a good man, and I would expect no other type of man to be blessed with the responsibility of being the ward over, uh, to be the head over the home in which the Lord Jesus Christ was raised. She was going to have to tell Joseph that she was with child. Don't you know that would have stirred up much doubtings, fears, troublings in the heart of Joseph? She had to face her family. It was no mean thing. It was no small uh, shame to be uh, pregnant out of wedlock in that day. But here she was going, knew she was going to have to face her family. Here she was going to have to face society. Society that, according to the law of God, uh, rightfully, she could be stoned to death. Here she was going to have to face childbirth for every woman about to face that. That in, in itself is a daunting thing to have to face, especially if you've never gone through it before, the fear of the unknown. Mary also, who I believe was a well-learned person in the word of God, knew that she was also going to have to face mighty rulers, principalities, and powers in this world. I'm sure Psalm 2 uh, was not unknown to her. Psalm 2, verses 1 through 3, why do the heathen rage and the people imagine a vain thing? The kings of the earth set themselves and the rulers take counsel together against the Lord and against his anointed, saying, let us break their bands asunder and cast away their cords from us. Here, she, I'm sure, was familiar with this psalm that here is declaring that the child that has just been declared was going to be brought forward from her womb would be beset upon by all of the mighty powers this world had in store, the evil and the wickedness that would try to befall them. And whether she was cognizant of it or not, I'm sure she had some knowledge also that Satan and his demons would also uh, try to uh, attack her, persecute her greatly. I'm telling you, I'm just trembling thinking about it. This woman actually had to go through this. And here she's considering all these things. Notice in Revelation chapter 12, verse 4b, uh, the dragon stood before the woman, this dragon being Satan, stood before the woman which was ready to be delivered for to devour her child as soon as it was born. Oh, my friends, Mary, this young, young, innocent child, this young virgin had many daunting things facing her, but yet the message of the Lord to her, the authority from heaven itself was, Mary, you have no reason to fear. Fear not. Friends, think of the words in Psalms 56, verses one through four. Be merciful unto me, O God, for man would swallow me up. 
He fighting daily oppresseth me. Mine enemies would daily swallow me up, for they be many that fight against us. O thou most high, what time I am afraid, I will trust in thee. In God I will praise his word. In God I have put my trust. I will not fear what flesh can do unto me. I don't know what all you're facing today, listening, friend. This world is so wicked and so vile, and we're so weak in ourselves. We think about all the powers, the magistrates, the governments, all that have seemed to gone to have gone completely haywire. This world loves lust, unrighteousness. We see in studies year by year by year, there are less and less people who are even believers that there is a God. And we think, what hope, what comfort, what hope do I have in this world? My friends, you have all the hope there is in this world and the world to come, the Lord Jesus Christ. He inhabits your heart. Now let him fill your mind. Understand that there's nothing that you're going to face when you're yoked together with Jesus Christ as your yoke partner, that he will not bless you to overcome. And then ultimately, even if our bodies are destroyed here in this time world, oh, my friends, the felicity and the joy of heaven await. I can't wait to go. But while I'm here, I've got to be strong. I don't have a choice. I'm a disciple of Jesus Christ. I must stand and deliver. I must stand and cry and proclaim the deliverance that the Lord has blessed me to have. I invite you to come and visit us sometime at Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church or Clear Springs Primitive Baptist Church or Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church. Go to gospel-of-grace.com. You'll be able to find these churches, resources, and we want you to contact us. Let us know that you're listening. And brothers and sisters, fear not. Believer friend, Jesus is your Lord. Until we're able to speak with you again on such noble themes, may the Lord's precious grace be with you all. If you enjoy the messages you hear on the Gospel of Grace radio broadcast, we invite you to visit a Primitive Baptist Church in your area. Visit our website at gospel-of-grace.com to search for a Primitive Baptist Church near you, to listen to past messages online, and to find additional contact information. This program is also available on iTunes under Podcasts with the title, The Gospel of Grace, a Primitive Baptist radio broadcast. If you enjoy our program, send us an email at gospelofgracepb at gmail.com. We would love to hear from you. This program is produced by Sulphur Springs Primitive Baptist Church, 40283 Wolf Road, Caledonia, Mississippi, and Macedonia Primitive Baptist Church, 11 Staten Road on Highway 15, just north of Ackerman, Mississippi. Come and worship with us each Sunday morning at 1030 and tune in next week for another message from the Gospel of Grace. Until next time, 
We pray that God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus our Lord.